0: You may be seated tonight. Thank you, worship team, for love and appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Would, if you will, take your Bibles and go with me to Colossians, the second chapter. Colossians, the second chapter. I'm going to switch microphones. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. As you're turning there, a um, couple of quick announcements. Uh, Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, Gentlemen. We're gonna have a feast. Men said, amen. "Amen." All right, so you guys come on out. We'll be there at eight o'clock tomorrow over in the FLC. Also, next Tuesday will be our North Texas Food Bank. Would we'll encourage uh, your help, uh, or if you know someone that is in need, please send them our way. Someone that could benefit from those uh, provisions, and then Friday night uh, will be the Flourish Ladies' Prayer. Team That's going to be meeting on the March the 11th at 7 p.m. Okay, take your Bibles if you're looking there with me in Colossians 2, Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. Now, we've been talking about changing the conversation. Talking not the conversation you're ha- necessarily you're having with others, but the conversation you've been having with yourself. In order to do that, we've got to tackle the thought life, and that's that's where, we're, that's where we're at. In order to tackle the thought life, you've got to tackle the belief system. You've got you to gotta realign. Uh, some folks in the house need to update to your system. Amen? I know those updates sometimes seem aggravating and seem like more trouble than they're worth, but I assure you that you, you need an update. You need an update. You know, we've got to renew our mind every day in the Word of the Lord. Colossians 2 9 and 10 and I'm gonna need the Lord's help tonight. I'm gonna to need your help tonight So I'm gonna ask the Lord once more for his enabling power father. I love you. I love you. I love you I thank you Lord God for your mercy and grace and want I just thank you tonight Lord for your word I thank you for your sacrifice I thank you Lord that you did not leave us Lord God in our alienated mind But Lord you came and brought us back to yourself and Lord I just pray tonight Lord that you would minister to our hearts and our thoughts And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory. And everybody said, Amen. 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 For in Him, who's the Him? In Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. What other translation I want to to read out of the, the Passion Translation? For he is the complete fullness of the deity living in human form. And our completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. I want to minister a message to you tonight simply entitled... There is nothing missing. There is nothing missing. I know that we're going to be tackling some areas, and, and it may be somewhat challenging to us. And so often it's so very easy to recognize these attributes in others, and maybe if you do, then God will give you the grace and the understanding that you're meant to pray for them but it also could give you an understanding of where they're struggling and what they're going through. But ultimately, we want to take the mirror of God's Word and we want to look into it and we want to see the Lord Jesus reflecting back in us. Amen? And so I will not be satisfied, as the psalmist said, I will not be satisfied until I awaken to His likeness. As a minister of the gospel, I will not be satisfied until we're all walking in that likeness. That's our that's our purpose, our intent, our desire. But as we dissect this passage of scripture, I want us to look here at this word "fullness." This word "fullness" here—nothing missing. There is nothing missing in Him. He lives in us, and there is nothing missing in us. Fullness. Play Roma. Play Roma. You like my Greek there? You wouldn't know any different, unless you're a Greek scholar. But anyway. Uh, I'm just hoping that's right. Praise God. Play, play Rama. It means abundance. So in him is abundance, So in me is abundance. In him is copiousness. Don't you like that word? Copiousness. So in me there is copiousness. In Him is completion the state of being finished. Any pe- people in here tonight to telestar? finished are you finished your completed work of christ there's re- remember there's nothing missing if there's nothing missing in him then there's nothing missing in us and i love this word repletion repletion the condition of being abundantly supplied field or fullness it is an overflowness it is it is not just having enough it's having more than more than enough it's it's having abundance. Now in Him is the fullness of the Godhead, bodily, and thus He lives inside of us. And the Word of the Lord says that we are complete, complete. Play roa, play roa, similar to the other word play roma, but it's play roa, equivalent to to cram in other words, uh, you are so complete that there's no other room that God so he crams himself in here. I'm just I just every mealtime I'm trying to give him a little bit more room. I, I, I'm broadening my tent stakes, widening my curtains. You hear? Are you hearing me? Means to level up, to furnish. He he likes things the way he likes things just like you like your easy chair. He likes your easy heart He it means to when you're when we're complete in him. It means there's nothing missing It means to be full to fill up It means to render full it means to top up it means to make complete in every particular way it means to render perfect what or complete in him if we're in him there's nothing missing to carry through to the end to carry out nothing missing but you say wait a minute preacher you're you're talking about things that are so contradictory to the way that I'm living let me tell you anybody say yeah I need some I need some of what you're talking about because I feel like there's some things missing but I will say to you the only thing missing is our understanding and our obedience of that understanding because that revelation when it's applied when there's application to revelation it brings transformation So we live in transformation when we take the revelation and we and we bring Application to it that we listen to what the word of the Lord tells us and whenever we find ourselves in lack We come back to the Lord and say wait a minute. There's nothing missing There's nothing missing There's nothing missing for you to live in joy. There's nothing missing for you to live in victory there is nothing missing for you to have a happy healthy relationship there is nothing missing you are complete in christ jesus are we willing to walk in that completeness we don't have to strive to get there we got to rest to be there so as we look here to the word of the lord as we try to combat the contradiction that may we may feel in our heart see with the fall man inherited what we call that alienated mind god wasn't alienated to man man was alienated to god we stopped thinking like the lord thus we stopped behaving like the lord it, man did not want to have a conversation with the lord because men love darkness rather than light For what reason? Least their deeds be made known. So Adam and Eve ran and hid. They didn't want to be be in the presence of the Lord anymore. It wasn't because God—see, God came down at that time that he came down, and he wanted to fellowship, but man wasn't there to fellowship. It wasn't the Lord hiding. He was the one coming down in order to have that conversation. See, we took the wrath of God that was aimed not at us, but at the alienation, at the alienation that came against us. And we assumed that God had, had aimed this, this target of wrath at us. See, because this alienation, because of the result of sin, because of the choices, there was a, there was a diversion that the man had left the presence of the Lord because all of a sudden he couldn't stand in that place anymore because he had been altered. God wasn't altered. Man was altered. And so what we got as a result was we got this sense of devaluing. Our sense of worth was greatly diminished because man was tempted. In fact, E.W. Kenyon says it this way, the man who fails to understand righteousness has no approach to God. See, if I believe that my right my righteousness is what allows me access into the presence of God, will I ever feel worthy enough to be in the presence of God? But see, this this what happened in the garden was a temptation. And that temptation came from a lie from the enemy. Galatia or Genesis tells us the source of that lie was the original sinner. Who can tell me who the original sinner was? Good. The adversary, the enemy, was the original. Now in humanity, yes, it was Eve with Adam, but, but what we see that they were there in their, in their innocence and they were made uh, perfectly innocent with the choice because they were made in the image of God. They were meant to, to operate in the realm of authority with the Lord on the, on the domain of the earth, The enemy wanted, uh, as God wanted to make his uh, imagers, not only in the heavens but in the earth, what was the enemy after? He was wanting to make his imagers uh, on the earth as well. He had no access without disobedience. So he brings forth a lie. Now, I'm I'm not going to read the the entirety of that, but I'm going to look at verse 5 of of chapter 3 of Genesis. And I will forewarn you. I've got got some notes here. I think I wrote it down better than I can say it. So I'm going to stick to my notes tonight. For God, see, this is the temptation from the enemy. For God knows that on the day you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil, good and evil. Not good from evil, but good and evil. The temptation came in a form of a lie, and the lie was this. God is withholding information from you. There's a lack. But you can have your fullness if you'll just go ahead and partake of this. They knew they were not supposed to do it. It's not sin if you don't know you're not supposed to do it. I've had even young people, we were youth pastors years and years ago, they're like, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, because it's not sin if I don't know it. <laughs> That's kind of a weak way to live. But, you know, there's a lot of adults that live that way today. I, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, because if I know that I'm, I'm responsible, it's not going to help you, folks. For God knows that on the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open. What was the enemy tempting them with? He was tempting them with a sense that God was withholding. Now, instead of discovering that God was holding out and they were about to obtain more, that's what they were going after. They were going after the more. They're going to have more knowledge of good and evil, and so they're going after the more, but what they ended up with uh, is being empty. See, the enemy always does this the same way. Oh, you just need more of that self-destructive behavior. Just give me more of that self-destructive behavior. And the more you try to feel it, the more you're not going to kill that craving, the more you're going to feed that craving, and the more that craving is going to come after you, and you're going to end up... It may feel good in the moment, but you're going to end up feeling empty. That's what sin does to us. But here we see that there was a, there was a temptation. And that temptation was, there's more because God's withholding. And as a result of that, there came this alienated mind that I told you that brings a devaluing of ourselves. With every unhealed injury comes a devaluing of our worth. When we, in the garden from original sin, instead of having that acceptance and that security that that love relationship with the father brings, happened it was her a big gaping hole inside of our being. And we went from being spiritual, spiritually led individuals to sensory led, sensual individuals. And because of this big gaping hole, there is a devaluing of ourselves. There was a worth issue. There was a worth issue that began to pass on from generation to generation to generation. And with every hurt that we have in our life, it is a punctuation in our alienated mind that we are being devalued by God. Now, if I could draw a picture, which I did in my notes, but I don't have anything to put on the overhead. But if I could put a a hub in a wheel and from there show you the spokes you would have insecurity you would have pride you would have arrogance you would have validation you would have obsessive compulsive addiction you would have faulty relationships all of these are just symptoms of a greater problem sin is the ultimate cause of that but there is a there is a paramount monumental problem within the heart of humanity and unfortunately many times it's never resolved in the heart of the Christian that's the saddest statement of them all there is a self-worth issue in the hub and see we deal with the insecurity and the jealousy and the pride and the arrogance but all of those are just spokes leading off the hub of that self-worth. Self-worth. If we are taught that insecurity and defaming yourself is the new humility. That you should not be that individual who, who, who is... Uh, has any sense of confidence and if you have a lack of confidence oh they're just humble but see you can call it what you want but what i begin to realize is that self-defaming yourself is no different than arrogance it all comes from the same center of this devaluing of ourselves it is a worth issue it's a worth issue but I got good news there's nothing missing there's nothing missing there's nothing missing there's there's a lie of the enemy that wants to persuade you that you are filled with all of this lack and what he's wanting you to do is come and earn something from him, from from the Lord in order to Live with him, but we see it laid out with the rich young and some call good-looking ruler You say how can he be good-looking? I've heard it said if you give a man enough money, he can become pretty are there any witnesses in the house <laughs> look with me in Matthew 19 i want to show you whenever we try to overcompensate for our areas and then we still fall short Matthew 19 and verse 16 Matthew 19 and 16 B- begin reading here and someone came to him and said teacher what good thing shall I do so that I may obtain eternal life he, being Jesus, said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good. But if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Then he said, he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the young, beautiful ruler... No, I didn't put the beautiful in there. The young ruler, verse 20, said to him, "'All this I have kept. "'What am I still lacking?' Jesus said to him, "'If you want to be complete, "'go sell your possessions, give to the poor, "'and you will have treasure in heaven. "'Come, follow me.' "'But when the young man heard this statement, "'he went away grieving,' For he was one who owed owned much property. Now, notice the Lord Jesus gave a list of commandments there. Love your neighbor, and don't commit adultery, and don't murder, and those kinds of things. But he, and this rich young ruler, he, he came and I, I believe personally what he was looking for was validation for all of his good acts I need to be validated why because there's something lacking inside of me if you're living in a place right now in a state of mind where you are continually being rehearsed in your heart I must be validated look at all the good that I have done I need validation And what you're struggling with is a worth issue that you were born with that it was punctuated every time there was a failure in your life, every time that there was an abuse in your life, every time that you failed in your life, every time that the, the enemy came and crushed your dreams, every time that there was a loss, there was a validation to your man, that to your inner being, that you were not valued. Self-worth. Now, the man, the rich, young ruler, he was young, so potentially he could have his health. He was a ruler, so he had authority over others. He was respected in his community. He was a moral person. Still, he felt there's something missing. What What am I missing in all of this? go to church, I read my Bible, I'm, I show up, I'm involved in ministry, I, I've done all that is required of me, and I, I just, I don't, I don't know what it is. And the Lord tapped on where the area you're struggling with because he also was rich. Lots of money. I don't know what that means, somebody explain that to me. Oh, make it rain, okay. <laughs> So we had lots of money. I know what will make me happy. Money! I will win the the publisher's clearinghouse, and then I will be complete. I will win the HGTV how dream home. They missed it. Some dude in Kyle, Texas won it. Should have been in Greenville, Texas. Well, see, there was, you can have wealth, you can have health, you can have morality, you can have standing in the community, you can have the praise and approval of men around you and still walk around, child of God, feeling like you are so empty on the inside and you're crying out to God, God, what is this thing? Self-worth. You will never be validated enough in the world to compensate for the lack that's in here. We've got to deal with the self-worth. Let's stop medicating our insecurity. Let's stop uh, uh, chastising ourselves for the jealousy. Let's stop uh, with uh, boasting about all the accomplishments that we have done. Oh, look at me. Come on. I'm not talking, you're like, yeah, I know that guy. No, look in the mirror. Just make sure it's not you. Who that bullet? Yeah. Don't get me on that one. See, happens, church. If we walk around with this inherited, multiplied, Unresolved injuries. And it continues to devalue and devalue and devalue, and and you keep trying harder and then something else happens and you're devalued and something else happens and you're devalued and you shake yourself off and say I'm going to get up just one more time I'm going to give crossroads assembly I'm going to give them a chance and then you're disappointed and now you're, you're devalued again it's not because anybody intentionally disappointed you, you're just disappointed because you didn't get what you were looking for but you went after it with all of your heart and now you find oh my God there is something lacking what is it what's missing absolutely nothing there is nothing missing in Christ Jesus How do I get to there from here to there to here? There's such a a chasm between where I am and where I need to be. Oh, there is not. That's the lie of the enemy. God cancels the distance. He's right here. He's in you. He's living there inside of your house. He's just looking for that comfy chair of your heart to sit down in. I am what he says I am. I want you to look real quickly, if you will. Oh, we got time. We got two hours. Come on, let's look. Galatians 5. I I want you to look here. Galatians 5. See, this is where I, I feel the Lord leading us. I feel the Lord taking us because he's got such a mammoth work for us to do. And what I mean by mammoth, I believe there's a... I believe there's a harvest of souls that God is gonna bring and he's gonna use you to bring them. Uh, and it's not going to be because you're good enough to get it done. It's not going to be because all of the calisthenics you did for spirituality. And it's not going to be because of any of that. It's going to be because you realized that you're everything you need to be in him. And there's nothing missing. And I don't have to read my resume anymore. I don't have to validate myself anymore. I don't have to feel like I am living with this overwhelming sense of trying to outrun this rejection that keeps plaguing me because because now all of a sudden I realize my worth is in Him and it's always been in Him and He's never not valued me. He's always valued me. He's always loved me. He's always, from the beginning of time, He came after me. He came after you. He wants you. He wants you. It wasn't Uncle Sam pointing at you first. It was a father. It says, I chose him and her and him and her and everyone. They are mine. I will not give them up. My grandbabies fall in the dirt. I don't throw them to the curb. I throw them in the tub. Scrub them up. Why do we think that our Father in heaven would throw us away because we got dirty? He cleans us, cleans us, comes after us. And then he says, now I want you to walk like me. I want you to talk like me. I want you to look like me. I I I want you to behave like me. I want everywhere you go for people to see me. I I know you're good because I called you good, but let me tell you, when you resolve the rejection issue, when you resolve the self-worth issue, you stop bragging about yourself and you start bragging about him. You could care less if people remember you, but you certainly want everyone to remember him. Throw you in a boat in the middle of a storm, you ain't worried about that because you know your father's in charge. You just sleep your way through it. This is the good nap time. People let pay a lot of money for those waterbeds. Used to, yeah. I finally got over that, thank the Lord Jesus. I want you to look here. Now, when you look at this, I want you to see this through the lens. Of indicators. Indicators. You're driving down the highway, especially when you start drifting off to sleep, you're thankful for those little. Get back on the road. We're getting so lazy anymore, our cars just do all the work for us. Oh, Lord Jesus, yes. Okay. But as we look at this, I want you to see something. I want you to look at this passage through the lens of self-worth. Can we do that? Look through the lens of self-worth. Verse 19, this is the behavior of the the self-life as the Passion Translation reads it. You may not have the Passion Translation. You can see it up here. It says the behavior of the self-life. Is obvious sexual immorality lustful thoughts pornography that's pointing back to a a deeper problem trying to satisfy what you can't satisfy chasing after things instead of God you ever been there what are you looking for you're looking for value and worth now, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't get down and admit about the sexual immorality. Oh, no, no, no. We, we, we don't want to talk about that pornography. Come on now. We, 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 we don't want to talk about those lustful thoughts. We, we might admit that we chased after other things instead of God. But how about manipulating others? I don't manipulate nobody Manipulation is the use of devious means To exploit, control Or otherwise influence others To one's advantage Manipulation Unfortunately There's been some manipulation In the pulpit Of the church And unfortunately There's been some manipulation In the pew I tell them what they want to hear so they'll keep coming. If you'll tell me what I need to hear, I'll keep coming. Let's bring it a little closer to home. How about manipulating people with your emotions? She can't talk to you because you're that quick. I'll take your head off. <laughs> he can't talk to you. <laughs> 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 Indicators, folks, remember, come on. What is the source of those emotions? Where do they stem back to? It's that worth. It's that security that we have in the Lord. Hatred of those who get in our way. That never happens. You all love to stay in lines. You'd love to get, as the British would say, queued up. You can line up a Brit and they'll stay there. You get an American, they'll find a way around. You go to Mexico, forget it. Ain't gonna happen. We love lines. We just love that person that gets in our way and oh on the on the i understand on the road anything goes (laughs) did you run me off the road yeah brother but you needed it okay (laughs) you know you get real soft and nice when you get them in in your presence Uh, but how about somebody that gets in your way when you want to do something how about that somebody just steps in front of you just like rude get out of the way indicators Senseless Arguments, oh good night. We could camp there all day. There are so many senseless arguments going on in our world today And the church gets sucked right in the middle of them (laughs) I mean we need to find the arguments that are worth the heels worth dying on it We need to stake our claims and we need to get there, but if that heels not worth dying on leave it move on You only have so much energy so many days left. Let me just tell you, QAnon is not real. Ooh, I felt that fiery dart just pierce my heart. Senseless arguments. Resentment when others are favored. That's an ugly one, isn't it? Resentment when others are favored. Temper, tantrums. Temper, tantrums. Lainey was two years old. Maybe she wasn't that old. She wasn't? No, she was younger than that because she was much more perfect. After, after. yeah. My daughter, Lainey, yeah. Oh. She didn't get what she wanted and she threw herself on the floor and she's kicking and screaming. Now, I walk in the room. I said, Andrew what is she doing? I don't think I don't even think Lainey believed it just laying on the floor kicking it I said what is she doing? she said she's having a temper tantrum I said oh no she's not she got over it real quick discipline brings the peaceable fruit of righteousness our house is at peace because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I wanted a, I had a vision for my children at an early age and I wanted them to grow up uh, and yes, they made their mistakes and no, they were not perfect, nor were they expected to be perfect. Uh, but they were expected to be respectful and we were raising uh, children that would be wealth, be a, 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 a good citizen in the world uh, and a child of God. So, we, we put parameters in their life so that when they became adulthood, they would go out. And the Lord gave us the privilege of raising our favorite people. We enjoy the presence of our children. We want to be in the presence of our children because we had a long term vision for our kids. And this wasn't going to work for them temper tantrums and being resentful and, and resentful when others are being favored. But church when you get the wealth issue the worth issue resolved come on, come on. do you realize there's nothing missing that when somebody else succeeds then we all get to, we all get to rejoice when somebody else is favored over us over me over the next church down the street then praise be to god See, what happens, we don't watch out. As the Scripture continues, only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinions. Only thinking of yourself. Let me give you a, just a nugget, a nugget for healthy marital relationships. make decisions based on how it will affect the other. Don't shout me down. Don't get bored and go to sleep on me. Every decision made should have a consideration as to how this decision will affect my family. I could not continue that self-destructive behavior that I originated when I came into the world with because ultimately it was going to affect my, ch- my wife and my children and my children's children. Even though there was the struggle within, when we get to that place and we're trying to make decisions without thinking of the other, then all of a sudden we got to look deep down inside and say, Where, why is there a compulsion to move in this direction? This is not a, a, a decision that needs to be made without the consideration of someone else. Oh my gosh, we're getting into servanthood now. What if every decision we made as a body, if we realized our decisions made, uh, uh, will have an effect on the people around us? Will we not make better decisions if we know ultimately we want to please the Father? And if we want to please the Father, then we have to have love for our brothers and our sisters. And the decisions we make is not about how well it makes me look, but Lord, what is the health of the whole? What is the health of the whole? But if I have this overwhelming self-worth issue that I need validation— my God, we're living in a world that is overwhelmed not with the need of validation. They're overwhelmed with the devaluing of themselves. They're trying to find their worth from the external instead of the internal. They're trying to find their peace from without. And they keep trying to make themselves full when all they got to do is get submerged in Jesus and he will fill you up. He will cram you so full to overflowing that there's no more room. There's nothing missing. There's nothing missing. It's all been put there. When I am accepted and valued, I stop asking others to look at me and I start pointing them to Jesus. Jesus. One quick thought I want to leave you with. I asked this question on a Sunday morning and man, that is an amen, amen, amen. They heard I was closing. That baby's all right, you don't worry about that baby. What is it worth? got a house on the market, you put it for sale. What is that house worth? <laughs> Whatever someone will pay for it. Doesn't make a difference what the appraiser says about it. If you're paying cash, it don't make any difference. You're paying in full, it doesn't make any difference whether that person, it doesn't matter if, if, that owner, the, the purchasers laughed at. They don't make them any difference. If they got that much cash to go to, to spend on that house, you think they care about the opinions of others? Maybe they've got some renovation plans and they want, they want that house exactly where it's at in that exact location because they're going to do something with it. They're going to leave it in those shambles. But let me tell you, the Lord God, you can know how much you are worth if you look at the price he paid for you. You are worth what he paid for you, and he paid it all. You have been bought with a price. And when He bought you, He he did all the work necessary in you and He has filled you with His Word, His presence, His power, His blood. There is nothing missing in your life. If you feel, if you feel there's something missing, don't go out and try to get someone to take God's place. We need each other. We're made to need each other. But my wife can't even feel everything in me that needs to be filled. And for me to expect her to do all of that feeling in me, I'm asking her to take a position that she will never feel i'm asking her to be god and i'm asking her input in my life to be the end all to make me feel like i want to feel so i'm burdening her trying to accomplish something that can never be accomplished because it's got to come from the interior now, she said something Sunday morning that needs to be repeated. The Lord has put the superior interior in us. She said it better than this, but I'm going to come over here in case she tries to correct me. <laughs> the superior interior is, no, is greater than Inferior say that ten times fast the superior interior is greater than the exterior inferior I'm gonna have to do the wind up again come on what are you saying what was she saying I don't know somebody tell me no what's she saying the kingdom of God is not with observation the kingdom of God is from within and hey, greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world, and there is an inferior exterior, but it's no match for the superior interior that's going on right here. That's right. That's it. Now, this is what I want you to do. Absolutely, can I forbid you to do something? I'm going to anyway. I'm going to. I'm going to strongly suggest. Is that better? Child of God, do not plague yourself with condemnation. Child of God, if you find yourself in a place where you're having the need for validation, you're having the need for security, you feel anxiety coming on, all of a sudden pride starts rising up, you become, you start boasting about where you've been and what you're doing and how much you've accomplished. Uh, I want you to stop. I want you to stop. Stop. Take a deep breath and acknowledge the fact that there's a worth issue going, taking place. You are not the sum total of the actions that have brought against you. You are who God says you are. Your identity is not in what you have done or have not done. You are not defined by your failures. You are defined by the completed work of Jesus Christ. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what that means? It means he took painstaking efforts to make you just like he wanted you to be so that he could fill your heart with his love and his passion and his compassion. And anything that we do will be to the glory of our Father. And if we don't accomplish it, it'll be because we're working in our own strength. But let me say to you, you are more than you ever thought you could be. God loves you. No, I don't like the fact that you have suffered and that you have been tormented and that you have been abused by the enemy. But I will tell you, the only reason I can have that kind of compassion, even feeling it right now, is because God our Father was absolutely opposed to the adversary coming against you and causing you to be formed into an image that you were not meant to be formed in. That's why he said, I want to show you how much... I value you. Your, Your hurt didn't change my love for you. Your pain did not change my love for you. Your failure did not change my love for you. That tragedy that happened, it was not my hand upon you. But the Lord would say to you tonight, I love you. I value you. You are mine. I purchased you. You don't need validation out there. You don't have to live in insecurity. I love you. You are mine. There is nothing he didn't leave anything to chance There's nothing missing nothing stand to your feet father we love you we thank you Lord tonight merciful and mighty God Oh Lord I want to get it I want us to get it Lord God I want Lord God there to be such a renewal in our hearts in our minds in our spirits in our homes Lord God, that we don't have to have, Lord God, anything external to satisfy, Lord God, what's going on to the inside. Lord, I'm asking tonight, Lord God, not to put a watch on my brother, not to put a watch on my sister, Lord. Come on, let it be your prayer. God, put a watch on my heart. Show me, Lord God, the areas. Lord, the sin blinds, Lord God. And Lord, anything that is not faith is sin. Anything that does not return to entrust in you, Lord God, is, Lord, it is a missing the mark. It is forfeiting my rights, Lord, it's sin. Lord, let us turn our hearts and lives back to you. Lord, I pray against the spirit of self-worthlessness right now in Jesus' name. If you are struggling with that right now, there's not anybody looking around. Your heads are bowed. Just, I'm not even going to look up. Just lift both hands and surrender. You say, I've never done that in church. Let me tell you, somebody stuck a gun in your face, you'd raise up both hands. It's a surrender. You're just saying, God, I surrender. I surrender tonight. Lord, I I, I surrender this self-worthlessness right now. I surrender. Lord, I'm not going to try to be the best that I can be. I'm going to let you to be the best that you already are in me. Lord, I, I surrender, Lord God, to the guidance of the Holy Spirit that will bring me into the, into the perfect union, Lord God, with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit will bring me into perfect union with your love. Lord, I pray against the spirit of self-worthlessness, Lord God. There's going to be a self-esteem that's going to begin to rise up in the body of Christ because, Lord God, we don't find our validation from without. We found it from within. We found it in our heart where we surrendered to you Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you tonight, Lord God, that, Lord, you have made us complete and there is nothing missing in us. Let that revelation, Lord God, bring forth the application that brings forth the transformation tonight. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Tonight, as we close, our ushers are going to meet at the back. You know, the crisis that's going on in our world today is going to have a rippling effect if things continue the way they are. There's no doubt that there's lives going to be affected. There's our brothers and sisters in Christ, both in Russia and Ukraine right now. We have Assembly of God missionaries, uh, Gerald and Jane Dollar, serving in Ukraine. The last word I've got is Gerald stayed in Ukraine